Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now you tie them every morning without a second thought, but did you ever wonder who invented them? What am I talking about? Shoelaces, of course. And this is the subject of today's Stuff That Changed the World. Simon Tierney joins me now in the flesh. Uh, as he does every Monday, Simon has just returned from paternity leave, correct? He looks like he's come in for a holiday now. He's delighted <laughs> to be back at work. Uh, Simon, you got interested in this because your daughter never stops untying her laces. Yeah, so daughter number one, she's just turned two, but she unties her laces all the time <laughs> and demands that I tie them. But not only does she demand that I retie her her laces. She also demands that I tie the laces of the shoes on her dolls as well. And during paternity leave, I found myself on several occasions, you know, uh, with the doll in my hand and she's demanding that I put the clothes, take the clothes off, put them back on, the shoes on, off. And you pause and you think, what, what am I doing? Oh yeah! Well, take, there's more of the beers that. It takes so much time to put on her clothes, but then I have to put on her doll's clothes as well. I didn't know that would be part of the whole the oh, whole yeah. thing. Oh, there'll be many surprises along the way. But the laces <laughs> are yes, an issue. Tell are. tell me a bit about laces. I mean, yeah, are so, there loads of ways to tie your laces? Wait, well, there Apparently are. There I, I was surprised by this, and I was tweeting about this earlier because I've always tied my laces the way we were taught in. Uh, beavers and cubs back in the day, which was, you know, the bow style, uh, which I think most Irish kids were taught. But I recently came across the Ian knot. And the Ian knot is the fastest shoelace knot in the world. It takes less than half a second to complete. And I learned how to do it on YouTube videos from uh, the uh, Professor Shoelace himself. Uh, and if it's that fast, why are we not all doing it? Why did we learn this other traditional method of the Ian knot? Don't tell me you're still tying your laces the old fashioned way. I am, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't I was, know there was another way. Neither did I until recently. I suppose the problem is that when you tie your laces, as you said in your introduction, you don't even think about it. And the idea of changing something which is so much part of our muscle memory as you know, uh, uh, when you're an adult is just Oh yeah, well, I, I'm not going to change my yeah, ways, but no. I am curious in how the Ian knot works. Yeah, so basically you put one lace behind your thumb in one hand and one lace in front of your thumb in the other hand and you make two little loops and in one one single movement you pull the two loops through each other. Now it's hard to explain on the radio see, this I, very non-visual medium that we're dealing indeed. with here. And I actually think that my son does this because that, but he, he's not fast. Oh, right. So okay. you're telling me it's faster than the other way, but I'm watching him and I'm thinking this is taking 20 minutes. Long. Yeah, so it can be fast with uh, with uh, much practice. Um, okay. It's an extraordinary one. I, if people are interested, look up the Ian uh, knot um, on YouTube. It, it really is quite extraordinary. You'll never tie your shoelaces the same way again. But I mean, this is a really ancient tradition, uh, Deirdre. People have been tying shoelaces, at least from archaeological evidence. We know that we've been doing this for 3,000 1,500 years. That's impressive. Yeah, because... they had shoes back then. Well, it is. Um, they had shoes, and we know that they had shoes because the oldest shoe in existence is the Irini 1 shoe, which was discovered in 2008. Important, um, significant, even Irish uh, connection here in that the international team of archaeologists who discovered this shoe in Armenia 
um, there were archaeologists from UCC. Probably the Kardashians, was it? Uh, yeah, they're Armenian, indeed. I believe. I forgot about that. Yeah, they they are Armenian, indeed, or at least half Armenian. That um, is the total sum knowledge of my what I know about Armenians. Uh, they were in the Eurovision this year, I believe. I think. Okay. Yeah. With fabulous shoelaces. <laughs> With fabulous shoelaces. Um, now, this uh, particular shoe, which was discovered in 2008, what's interesting about it from a shoelace perspective is that not only are there shoelaces on the top where we would find shoelaces today, but there's also shoelaces at the back, uh, at the heel. So what they did at that time, and it's interesting because, you know, it makes sense if you've ever worn a shoe that's slightly too big for your foot you can tighten uh, from different angles from different parts of the shoe Oh so, no women would be well we'd be well au fait with this oh, would you? between the espadrilles and the laces that we wrap around our legs and ankles you'd have no need for these now but we'd be all over this That makes total sense That makes total sense yeah. I, yeah. I can only uh, I can, I can only sympathise <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean having to tie one set of laces is enough having to do two is a lot um, Things get modernised I suppose Deirdre in the 18th century uh, when an English man by the name of um Harvey Kennedy. Yeah. This is the lad that made all the money. Yeah. I'm interested in him. Exactly, yeah. He managed to monetize shoelaces, really. And he's often credited as the inventor of the shoelace, which of course is nonsense. No, he just he, so he just patented it, basically. Well, he patented a particular part of the shoelace. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, the aglet. The aglet I is a curious thing. I actually have heard of it. I don't really know why, but I'm kind of delighted with myself that yeah. I've heard <laughs> you of it. Look at yeah. Yeah. So the aglet <laughs> is that little often nowadays piece of plastic kind of sheath or um, if you've got a really expensive pair of boots it might be a metal piece at the end yeah, of the shoe. I don't shoelace. know why the word sheath just automatically sounds rude but carry it on. It does, yeah. it does yeah I, I noticed that when I wrote it down you on did your you? notes earlier. <laughs> did you say let's see if I can prompt a reaction out of Deirdre and it worked God almighty that was easy. <laughs> so the point of the aglet is to stop the lace unravelling. If you've ever found oh. yourself in the disastrous position of oh. losing an aglet. Nothing worse than a lost aglet. Lo- losing an aglet is the worst thing oh, the worst. Um, because your lo- your laces will become um, oh, you have the, the like runners and you've hair. got the like laces in your mouth and you're trying to wet them and tie it and so you can yes, get it exactly. in exactly trying to twist it you know like a bit of rope um, so the aglet keeps it very easy and then of course you can feed it through the eyelet lots of lits in the world of shoemaking shoelace making um, the eyelets I should say, existed on that ancient um, Armenian shoe as well because that's the only way that shoelaces work. Shoelaces only work with eyelets, of course. They're the little holes that you feed them through. <laughs> Every day is a school day. <laughs> but your man patented the aglet anyway. He made a fortune. He did make a fortune. His surname was Kennedy. I have tried Not Irish. Very I'm sure hard. you tried to make him I've, Irish, did I've you? I tried to make him Irish, but I can't. we can't claim him, unfortunately. That's a pity. I'm yeah. amazed. Okay. Yeah. Who is claiming him? The Americans? The British. Oh, the British, yeah. They're always at the claiming. They are. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, tell me more. What else was the big news with shoelaces? What happened when Velcro came in? Surely that was a problem. Yeah, uh, the Velcro thing is interesting, Deirdre, because obviously a very 20th century invention, uh, one of the things that benefited from the invention of nylon, really, um, Georges de Mestral, a Swiss engineer, he invented Velcro when he went for a walk with his dog and he discovered that the... Um, cockleburrs were sticking to his dog's coat and he thought is there a way of replicating that 
natural phenomenon in shoe form. So he invented Velcro. Velcro is a portmanteau, I suppose, of the ah, words. Ah, the Velcro runner is a great thing. It is. Or we used to call them when I was growing up in Tipperary, tackies. Uh, I don't know if word. you've ever come across the word tackies, but in North mm. Tipperary, at least in the 80s and 90s, that was the word for runners, sneakers, what have you. Um, and tackies were particularly the ones that used Velcro. Velcro is velvet crochet. So you take the first part of both of those words. That's what Velcro means. Oh, every day is a school day. I definitely learned something new there. Good, yeah. So he patented that in 1955, but it was Puma in 1968 that were the first company to actually use Velcro in shoe form. So it was the Mexico Olympics in 68. And they created um, a shoe for their athletes on the running track. So it wasn't even for little little ones, for children, no, no, because that that's came, what I associate the runner with, which is later. why the children can't tie their laces. Yeah, exactly. Because they're so they're, used to the Velcro. Because they're wearing yeah. tackies. Yeah, so yeah. then they're age 12, for going, I'm going to tie my laces. And you're thinking, what is the story here? But I is it still really popular for kids' shoes Velcro's, to wear? still very popular. Oh, God, yeah, because your heart is broken. You obviously haven't gotten to the stage where you're trying to get out the door in a hurry and your heart is broken. Now, the Velcro shoe can save you a lot of time. My daughter has one Velcro sh- runners, but the Velcro, it's really unsticky. Maybe it's because yeah, her shoes pair, are... Simon. Would you not splash out in a new pair? Yeah, uh, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> going to use that child benefit um, as soon as I oh, leave yeah. here to buy a pair of shoes for it's, my daughter. It's in your favour, love. It's in your favour because you'll get her out the door faster and you can deal with the problem when she's 10 that she doesn't know how to tie her shoelaces because of the Velcro. It's all But she loves her shoelaces and she loves untying them and making me tie them. If she loves them, she has to do it. You, you have to make her do it. Yeah, no, you have to force her to do it and say, no, I can't do them for you. Or something like so that. When anyway, this, I distracted when, you there. So when Puma brought brought this out in 68 for the Mexico Olympics, it's it's funny story because it was for this uh, spiked running shoe for the 200 metre and the 400 metre. It was very, very effective. But Adidas, they're... But why well, was it effective? Did it make people faster? Well, the Velcro part didn't, but the spikes on the bottom of it did. So... Unfortunately, the shoe was banned because Adidas went up against Puma and said that this is causing an unfair advantage to the athletes. And the athletes that are wearing our products are not going as fast as a result. So it wasn't banned because it had Velcro on it. It just happened to be banned because... The runners were wearing golf shoes, essentially. Yeah, exactly. So... It, Velcro in this context of shoes went on the back burner for a few years. It was very popular on the back of bras in the uh, 60s and 70s. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I wonder why it went which, away. Which I'd never heard of before. Um, but apparently or encountered. That, or encountered, indeed. Uh, that was a big deal back then. I'd say you're encountering it on the back of the doll's clothes. They're very popular on the doll's clothes, on the backs of the dresses. Yeah, they are. Yeah, absolutely. Velcro is, yeah. is a big thing on doll's dresses. Uh, makes it easier for them to pull them off so then that I have to put them back on again. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, they were banned. And then that kind of put Velcro on the back burner for, for a few years. But as you said earlier, by the mid 70s, early 80s, Velcro shoes, particularly for under 12s, was huge. Yeah. So somebody made money there. Someone made was huge amounts of money. Kennedy again? No, well, somebody no, else. Puma. it was Georges de Mestral. He had made the patent in 1958, but it was in uh, 1978 that his patent expired. So almost 20 years later. And once it expired, then 
there was Velcro being used on shoes for, for everyone. Really. Okay, and, and I do famously remember David Letterman throwing himself against a wall. He wore a Velcro suit. Do you remember he this? He did. I don't remember it, but I've seen the video on YouTube. Oh, you don't remember it. You're only a young one. Yeah. Is that what yeah, you're saying to me? Yeah, now? basically, I, I, yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, make, for my make, time, make, it very, make, make it very clear that I don't remember that he, happening He wore live. a Velcro suit and <laughs> threw himself at a wall and he stuck to it. That was, that was the whole and thing. And that really popularised it, I think, as that well. That was it. Anyway, fascinating. Thank you very much, Simon. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm. On News Talk.